Welcome to episode 15 of Live Lunch. Welcome. And we've swapped hats again. Yep. We do. Draw the big do hat. The, the hipster hat swap. Uh, Amy made that hat for me. Yeah. She finished it yesterday. She finished it yesterday and yeah. you think she did it for you. You're going to keep it? Yeah. Oh. You'll never see this hat again. No, I'm kidding. Of course, I'll give it back. You can keep it if you want. No, I, I, I know. We it doesn't have a fit. special My head's guest too massive. with us. Susie. Lovely Susie Hosier. Welcome, Susie. Welcome, Susie. Susie is one of our interns yeah. uh, yeah. at Emmanuel uh, looking after youth work. Yeah, the young youth. The young youth. Yeah. Who looks after the older youth? Uh, ben and Ruby. There's ben no intern for them. There's no intern for them. <laughs> um... Yeah, welcome to uh, episode uh, 15 of Live Lunch. We looked at Jesus' relationship to the law yes. this last Sunday. Yeah. Um, do you want to do a quick 30-second summary of yeah. Jesus' relationship to the law? Sure. So Jesus' teaching um, when he arrived was was uh, uh, mind-blowing and still is when you when you actually look properly at what he had to say. Um, and so for, for anybody, it, there's, there's always going to be the question, how does this fit with everything else I've ever known? If Jesus is is the real deal. What does that say about everything else I've heard and learned beforehand? Do I have to unlearn it? Is it all wrong? And for his first hearers, the question was particularly for them, how does Jesus' teaching relate to the teaching of the law and the prophets, the teaching of the Old Testament, all the stuff we've got from God up till now? Is this is this replacing that? Is this all is that all gone? Is that all thrown away as wrong and invalid and or what? What do we do with the law? What do we do with that big chunk of the Bible, the, the, the law and the prophets? How does Jesus fit in with that? That was the, the question we were seeking to answer. Cool. Um, and we, we came up with some answers. Great. I have a, I have a fun story to start our podcast Good. With. Um, so I, this, I had this on um, have I heard a, story? a reliable source. Well, I haven't told you about this. Do I know this story? It's, it's involving two <laughs> elders who have retired, aren't with us anymore. They've moved on to different cities. Great men of God. So one of these great men of God called oh, yeah. the other elder and, <clears throat> and uh, sort of pranking him and said, uh, pretending to be a police officer, calling from the police station saying, is this so-and-so from Church of Christ the King? Uh. This gives you a hint. Uh, and he's like, yes. Um, uh, we, and around the time, they had uh, somebody who's come along to church who had a bit of a checkered history, uh, been to prison a few times. And oh, yeah. So he said, we've caught this member... Who this person who uh, goes along to your church uh, stealing from a shop, and he said that you've been encouraging him to steal by saying he's not under the law anymore, so he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> and so the second elder was in a proper panic, and he's like, "No, no, no, this be nervous." It's like, "Have you, have you not said that you are not under law?" <laughs> Got some lunch for you, Johan. Oh, yeah. oh, fantastic! I brought you some lunch. Oh. So so the backstory for this is that Johan supports the the losing team. Manchester. Leave it in if you like. Have a little get it live and get this on our profile picture. Course one is a Zappa Amalama Jamma and a Bamiang special. So a Bamiang special that means there's nothing in it. Oh, three four points in that one. All right. Okay. It means wow. it misses the spot. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Well played, Arsenal, and thank you, David. Be- premature celebration. There's no cutlery. Mate, just use Premature celebration. Did you bring us <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my word. Look wow. at that. 
serious. So this is a vegan salad after your last uh, weekend's... This is a vegan view. salad. It is a vegan salad with falafel. Okay. From a, pretty, so vegan a place f- called Smalls in Hove. A vegan falafel. A vegan falafel salad. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. But, but we don't have any cutlery. Yeah, we can't. Are we supposed it's, to just lick it out of the box? Just, Scoop it uh, out. Yeah. Thank you. Hand washed as well. Thank there you, you go. I'm well, not hand dried. So, so Meg- Megan. <laughs> not a good job. I can see hey, some leftovers. We, were um, were we expecting hey, to feed Megan yeah, and Susie? Yeah, I did. Let's have a look. Oh, just taste it. Yeah, it's all good. What's it like? What do you reckon, Dave? His Arsenal colours in Yave was shocking, shocking weekend. Okay, this is a this is after like, the lofty celebrations from the victory in Paris to the humiliation. It's a tough game, yeah. Huh? The Emirates. It's a tough world out there. Things you know like problems like Arsenal and mm. wickedness of other kinds, mm. evil things. Mm. Do you know what? We've only got two forks, so so really we're kind of being. Is it, were, were we expecting to feed Susie and Megan? Yeah. So yeah, what are we yeah. going to I mean, do there's, about that? There's loads of, of food. But we haven't, we've got two forks here. It'd be kind of uncouth for us to say, you know, just help yourself. So no, should we pause the show? And yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my fingers so that, so that it's a kind of... Like, so there you go. So if you do want to prank other fellow elders in your churches, call them up, say you're from the police, and question them whether they use a statement, are you under the law? And right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know you can get thrown in prison for impersonating a police officer. Can you? Mm. Well, at least you can. Yeah, it's a criminal offence, isn't it? So. Oh wow! So please don't do that. Yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, Simon. Maybe on the phone, it's not Simon, such a big please. problem. Do you mind getting me a couple of forks? That's it. Oh, maybe two or three more. Maybe if you want some of this yourself, then we're gonna need we're gonna need a lot of them. A whole bunch of this the yummy yeah. falafel vegan salad. Sorry. Anyway, we digress. Um, yeah. But it leads me to <laughs> that lovely story. Leads me to my first question. Yeah. Is um, when you look at scripture. Yeah. Uh, including the Old Testament. Yeah. How do you obey parts of the Bible? So, for instance, there's there'd be some teaching, let's say, on sexual ethics, which we hold quite a, a strong line on, uh, and refer maybe to passages again in the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, to help shape our views on, or the church's view on sexual ethics, and then there are other things where we say, well, we're not on the law. We don't have to. Um, hmm. We don't have to, as I've put it down. We don't have to eat, boil a goat. In its mother's milk and consume it. You don't have so to not we could do that. It in its mother's milk. Yeah. Another one of those uh, strange laws: if your slave refuses freedom, pierce their ear. Now earrings are a fashion statement, uh-huh. rather than a sign of slavery. Yeah. You know, so I guess, I guess, it was, I'm, and I'm don't eat owls. Yeah, yeah. Don't eat owls and don't eat bats. The Bible says. The Bible says not eat owls and do not eat bats. So who a, looks at an owl and says mm, yummy? Good or a question. Bat. Who does? Who looks at a chicken? Says, yeah. Yeah. I do, but but not. You know, lots of lots of people. Yeah, <laughs> but they, but it's interesting. What? Yeah, owls. You know, the most fascinating law I find in the Bible is it says, "Do not put a stumbling block in the way of a blind man." <laughs> How messed up must that culture have been for that law to have been put in place? <laughs> Do not put a stumbling block in the way of a blind man. Anyway, now we now we're not under law. We can put stumbling blocks in the way of yeah, blind men. That, and that's what I intend to do this afternoon. And, and <laughs> It's, um, and do that. So I guess my, my schedule is, in my diary has that how, blocked out. How do we pick and choose? Uh, and I think it give us a bit of give us some teaching, but I think give us some practical help on. Uh, okay. For Christians looking in, maybe it's a, it's how, a, how do I make those decisions? How do I choose? Yeah. 
And take your time because I really want to get. Oh, into I was hoping you would right. take your time, man. I, 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 maybe we rookie could ask, mistake. We could ask you took Susie. ages to answer that question. I could have. Ah, I thought you were going to do it quickly. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quick answer so I can eat. Um, it's a good question, isn't it? Because we we have to. Um, uh, we have to underst- understand what the Bible is actually calling us to do. If it's if it is from God, if God actually wants us to. Um, see it as his message his communication to us and it says things like don't cook an owl or don't 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 uh yeah do this that and the other and 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 yeah the 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 charge of inconsistency gets made um and it's it's understandable because it can seem bewildering why are some rules apparently in force and some rules from the bible apparently not in force um, and it's it's important to kind of learn this because yeah, it's part of dealing with our Bible, you know, faithfully and 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 and, and properly. The the law that was given by God to His people Israel in the Old Testament, especially uh, those first five books of the Bible are referred to as the, the law often, and they included lots of individual laws, hundreds of bits of legislation, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of specific things that they were meant to do in their relationship with the God who rescued them as a nation. They, they were put in force for a nation. And the, the, the teaching of the Bible is that G- Jesus came and effectively brought an end to um, one stage in the story, uh, uh, you know, actually brought closure to that stage of the story. And, uh, and so when we read the law of Moses, we read it differently than those people would have read it who were first given it. Um, for those people, this was the direct commandment and the way to show your faithfulness to God. And and yet for us, who live in the in the light of Jesus coming and live on this side of Jesus and the cross and resurrection of Jesus, uh, we don't we don't have the relationship to God that they have. They they related through the law of Moses, which actually the wonderful thing is that we don't we don't relate to God through that that means we've been released from it in order to have actually a more direct relationship to God. The law is no longer the kind of, um, the, has the, the role as kind of almost in the book of Galatians that the law is, is referred to like a kind of babysitter, like the, the kind of person, the childminder that, that ferries children from home to school, say. Like you're kind of, you, you're, you have them in transit, but you're not the final master. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the law actually functioned like that for the, for for Israel in the Old Testament until such time as Jesus came and freed them effectively from that. Now, when Jesus says in Matthew 5, uh, I haven't come to abolish the law but to fulfill it, he's talking about this same issue. He's saying that the law is going to be fulfilled through what I do. That doesn't mean it's abolished. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it was wrong. It doesn't mean it's therefore a bad thing. And that's the mistake that gets made by, you know, in the joke of the guy who's, who's nicked things from the shop and the police and catch him and he says, oh, I'm not under the law. The, 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 the notion there is, is that, that people can assume that freedom from the law means that we're invited into this kind of um, 
licentious lifestyle um, where, well, Jesus has set me free, so I have no moral obligation to anybody. Mm. I don't have any duties. I don't have any, I'm, I'm completely free to do whatever I want. Um, that's to misunderstand the point that the law actually points us to Christ who actually works on our lives and changes us and actually calls us to, a, to an obedience, which in many ways is actually higher than the law of Moses. And so the, the law is not abolished, it's, it's, but it remains a very important part of the story that the Bible teaches. When we read the Bible, we start to see, ah, oh, no, this all fits together. Dan, welcome. Hello. We have. I haven't actually eaten anything yet because I've been talking too much. So <laughs> Thank you so much, Dan. While, you're, while we're delivering those, I'm going to... Have you got the, the strange flat white? How can I eat this in the most <laughs> elegant way? All right. Mm. Thanks, Graham. Enjoy. Thank you. See you later. Good man. Oh. Wait, should, we take, should we pause and then jump back to what you're saying? I think it would probably be helpful to hear Susie and, and Megan's take on, you know, are there any ways... Sorry, Megan. <laughs> Half step. Um, but we've heard what, what Joel shared about us in some ways coming to a misunderstanding of I don't have any moral obligation. Yeah. Um, how does that help you when, when genuinely faced with with temptation to... Um, I guess to do something which you clearly know was, would not be a right thing by a general moral code mm-hmm. and saying, you know, oh, oh, I could I could skive off work early. I mean, it's not a terrible thing. Or um, I don't know, just how does that help you when you have to deal with with issues that, that really bring, take it to a point of tension in your mind? But mm. am I, I'm free, so I can do whatever I want. Why do I have to do this thing? Huh? I don't, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, well, for me, I am free, but it says that you're free to do good, doesn't it? So I think hmm. um, the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law, I think it's because I love him that I want to serve him and want hmm. to obey his commandments. Hmm. So I think I'm free, but I'm free to love him. And in loving him, I seek to do what he wanted to do. Hmm. So I'm not free just to squander my freedom and return to how I was living. Because how I was living was bringing death. So yeah. Squander my freedom. That is a great <laughs> phrase. Wow. Mm, mm. Are you squandering your freedom? Mm. If mm. you are, Dr. Susie, mm. we'll get on your case. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess it's pretty much the same, isn't it? Um, when you're living in Christ, that's that's how you, you want to live. You, you don't want to do wrong by him because, um, I don't know, it, there's like an inward desire yeah. to, to do good for him, isn't mm. there? Mm. So... Um, mm. Yeah, I don't, if if there is a temptation, it's like I've been letting. I don't know. It's hard. It's like I would be letting him down, but also it's like don't sin and then um, ask for forgiveness. Like it's not freedom to sin and then ask for forgiveness. It's like you. I'm bodging this, but like no, um, no, no, keep I think you know we have an inward desire to do good rather than to to sin or be tempted and then be like, okay, I'll ask for forgiveness afterwards. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Which I think is the, the, the that's that's the thing that the law um, in itself didn't didn't do. It didn't create change inwardly. Mm. Not 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 by itself. Um, and the the radical nature of this new covenant that we've been brought into 
Uh, it pointed to the to the right way, but it didn't have any power to 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 win our hearts towards its obedience. It didn't it didn't do that. Um, so so it's a little bit like I, I think sometimes the illustration could be used. Like if you if you've seen one of the James Bond films, where um, nearly all of them have this kind of um, pattern to them, where before the the credits mm. in the f- the cl- the opening the sequence opening of the film. There's a, a five ten minute piece where maybe longer where where James Bond, in obedience to his his master, the British government or the Queen, you know, is doing some uh, special work as a spy. He's, he's he's dealing with bad guys and, and rescuing someone or whatever. Um, and then he's doing it in a certain place. Say he's doing it in I don't know in Hong Kong or in, or in Venice or something. It's never in Port Slade, is it? But it's always you know, it's always somewhere that looks ex- extraordinary. So, so he's kind of doing the inc- this incredibly exciting work. But later on in the film, he's going to be carrying on in the same direction, still serving the same master, serving the British government, serving the Queen, whatever. Um, but doing it in a totally new context, and and uh, the, the story's got bigger. The opening bit was kind of a really just a, a, that part of the journey. Mm. Now, if, if they said to him, okay, we need you to be, you, know, you were in Hong Kong, now we need you to be in, in, in Patcham, or we need you to be in, sorry, this makes me laugh just thinking of the James Bond sense of Patcham, um, uh, which is a <laughs> suburb in Brighton. Um, and uh, very nice about it, right? yeah. So if if and he says, well, no, I can't. I, I can't go to to Pacham. I'm I'm called to Hong Kong. I must stay here. I must serve the Queen in Hong Kong. Mm. Well, it's like he's he's beginning to be <laughs> so obedient to previous orders that he's now disobedient. Mm. Um, he's now missing the point. This is a bigger story than that. That was a part of the story. That was an important part of the story, and it and it was necessary for this part of the story. But mm. you need to, and for the first. Century believers, for, for Jewish believers who were used to Moses and all the Torah and all that was that that involved, for some it was a big deal to kind of help to get to the point where they felt like okay, there's a freedom now from the law um, in order to actually obey God more fully. Mm. I'm going to be able to obey God better by eating food that I couldn't eat before, like God boiled in its mother's milk. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I mean, food, foods is one example. Oh, you know. Owls. Owls, which wow. I'm hoping Feast isn't in owls. this somewhere. Vegan. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen anything in here that's. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's um, yeah, you, you, yeah. So so I think we gotta we gotta understand the Bible as a sequence, mm. as a story that has a has a trajectory to it, Good. which means that the law plays a key role, rather like the scaffolding of a building. It's 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 necessary. It's in place so that you can build a building. Mm. When the building is built well. The building is in place. The scaffolding can be mm. deconstructed, and the law had had that role. Mm. Now we we don't say, well, let's chuck that bit of the Bible out then. No, we say, no. In as much as it points us to what Christ was to do, it helps. Yeah. And it, and and in as much as it shows us the ways of God through t- the, the ways of God in the way He deals with His people, uh, if we look at it through the lens of Jesus, we will be blessed. We'll be helped. We'll grow. We'll get stronger. We must read the law. We have to. Yeah. It's 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 useful for, for for godliness, as Paul says to Timothy. Um, but we read it not as those who are under its legislation, but but uh, receiving Christ through it. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I guess it does. I'm going to push you again on, on the question: How do you then discern as to what you need to follow from yeah. the from the Old Testament? Yeah, uh, and and those and the laws. Mm. Now, mm. Um, so wh- why is it that we we choose some things and we don't choose other things? Mm. 
Um, and so, you, what lens do you use to evaluate? So there are different there are different answers to this question. Some people will say um, um, that the the part that we were actually free, fully free from all of the ritual laws um, and requirements and sacrificial system and priesthood and all of those things, cleaning, cleanliness laws and so on, because they were what Israel, how Israel as a nation state with a sacrificial system related to God. Now that the cross has come and we're not a nation state, we're just Christians all over the world who love Jesus, whatever nationality or ethnic background we have. That, that, that means that we're free from those laws, mm. but the moral rules of the Old Testament that deal with the morality of, of the heart and obedience, that we're sort of still, in a way, we're under those, but we're under them through Jesus. That's one way of seeing it, and it's held by, by it's, it's, it's makes sense in lots of ways. I actually think that it's slightly more radical than that, in the sense that I think what Paul seems to say in Galatians, and even what I think Jesus is saying in the passage we looked at, where he's saying that, you know, with the cross, it was like the passing away of heaven and earth. It was the, it was the, the something so dramatic happened that in, that the Torah, in its entirety, has, we don't we don't has no claim on us in that sense. That there is a morality about the Old Testament that is really helpful for teaching us how God feels about things mm-hmm. like sexual ethics, ethics and stuff. And you'll read it and you'll think, yeah, that's. That that's that you see the, the the ways things like don't cook this with that does come across different than um, don't sleep with someone else's wife or mm. don't you know that, that you when you read it you see oh yeah this is this is a different way in which this is described or, or, or related to us but the thing is those those laws about such things as sexual ethics they are actually in keeping with what God's with the way God set the world up with Adam and Eve the first humans in the garden before sin even came into the world the reason we we believe what we believe about sexual ethics is not just because of what's written in the in the rules in Leviticus but but because of how God describes the beginnings of humankind in the first page of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And then, sure enough, in the New Testament, those are the very things that Jesus and the apostles particularly draw on. Mm -hmm. So when they're saying to the church, live like this, not like that, it is things like the sexual ethics that get drawn in. Um, they, they, They don't say, oh... God doesn't care who you sleep with. That was just Moses. Forget that. That that was just the law. That's that's like the food laws. Forget that. It's all over with. No, no. They say no. Those things matter. They mm. really matter because that speaks to who you are as human beings. Mm. That's not about being an ethnic tribe in the Middle East. That's about being human. Mm. You need to to live sexually the way that God makes clear, and and the New Testament actually pushes it home further by saying things like Moses even allowed you to be light about divorce mm. so the divorce laws in Moses are actually quite relaxed um, because like Jesus said you weren't ready for the real deal there was such hardness of heart you weren't ready to get the real teaching the real teaching I say to you is that a man should not divorce his wife or he's causing her to commit adultery um, so it's it's it actually gets tightened if anything so we have to say to people who, who are saying, and they are saying, you know, things like the laws on sexual ethics, well, they're done, we, we've got Jesus now, we can sleep with whoever we want, then completely misreading the Bible mm. and, and doing a real, uh, messing it up terribly. It's a real uh, damaging bit mm. of violence to scripture. It is a very deep 
answer to the question, isn't it? You can't yeah. just throw out pretty one-liners that give you, this no. is what you can, this is what you really need to get into the heart of scripture and, and, you you have and to spend think a, a lifetime thinking about yeah. um, these things. That's right. Thank you. But, I found but that really it, it, it helped as a principle to say in general, learn to read the Old Testament in the light of what Jesus has done. Mm. Keep learning to do that. Keep learning to see it through the eyes of, of, of through the lens of, of, the, of the cross. Of the, the old is, is in the new revealed, and yeah. the, the new is in the old concealed. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a nursery rhyme that makes the point. But if you keep looking at the old through the new, and it will start to make more sense and clear. Off the top of your head, are there any books that you, or any resources that you would recommend to people who, are like, who want to go a bit deeper into this? And how do you read the old and new testament in light of each other? Um... I'm not going to get to eat this. Um, I think um, there's so many, and it's so it's so difficult to choose an obvious one. Um, I think may, maybe uh, books like Ed Clowney's book is, yes. would be helpful. Uh, yeah, it's so super. I can't remember what the title of his famous book on this is called. Oh. But, but um, mystery unfolding mystery mystery, uh, mis- unfolding, mystery. The unfolding mystery by Ed Clowney. Yeah, that's a helpful. Yeah, that's a, a good starter. I think there's a lot of people that do it so superbly simply. So, so I think Glenn Scrivener's stuff. Is, is brilliant. The thing he's doing on you know daily readings from the Old Testament. Yeah. I, he does a, th- I can't remember the book, we, we plugged yeah, yeah, it a few weeks ago. It. Yeah. So his book, which you can find back on the show notes. Of, yeah, uh, I can drop it in again, weareemmanuel.com forward slash Bible, but he, in the recommended reading. Yeah. Does have a, a so Glenn, Glenn is particularly uh, helpful at showing the the wisdom of this, that we read the Old through the in the light of Jesus. Um, I think... Um, uh, yeah, we could go on. But yeah. we, you know, the, the, anything that helps you to read the Bible as a whole that it fits that fits together around Christ is, is um, key. I guess another question that I have is, um, if you were an Israelite pre-Jesus, it was quite clear this is how you relate to God. It's almost it's black and white. This is what you do and this is what you don't do. Uh, they lived under the law. Mm. Now we live under Jesus. Mm. Um, so what does that look like in terms of us trying to understand our relationship with, with God? Uh, to live under Jesus. We have two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done in two minutes? Uh, we're done in three. In three. Um, three questions. So, what? What? The, I, I guess the key thing, actually, it, what it shows is that the law could not bring heart change and could not, in itself, bring us into relationship to God. Jesus has come to to reveal the Father to us and to and to and to be in our lives personally and to, to lead us and to, to talk with us. And, and so we, we have a, a personal saviour. So obeying him um, it will include following the clear commands of scripture as we, you know, through Jesus and following the teaching of the Bible. Um, but it will also be something that we work out in relationship with him. So we're, we're talking with him, we're praying to him, we're, we're um, asking him to lead us and to fill us with, with desire to serve him. And, and uh, it, it's so vital that we understand this is to do with relationship, to do with actually having the whole point of Matthew's gospel is, I am with you. Yeah, the very last words of the, of, the, of the book, I am with you even to the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And so this, this Sermon on the Mount is not... Here's the rules to keep while I go and do something more important. It's, it's actually, no, this is the way to know God. Mm-hmm. It's the way to have a relationship with me. I want you to enjoy me and know me 
and let's go on, let's do this together. You're going to blow it and make mistakes. We don't keep the soul on the mount well. We, we, we will fail again and again, mm. but we do it in the context of relationship. Mm. So we're always broken. We're always saying, I've we mourn something often our lives are a bit bit sort of we're on a journey but we're on a wonderful journey in the hands of a savior let me just i might plug this book now that this this book is kind of relevant to that i would have plugged it anyway it just it came on my desk today noel sent me a copy uh, and i i couldn't recommend it highly enough i just think it's a really rich book a lot of the teaching on the in the bible about what God has done for us in jesus the grace of god the relentless grace of god as it as he calls it here is, is, is clearly explained and applied so that you can read this in its practical, real practical daily wisdom on how right. to live in the light of grace. <clears throat> what, did you want to give me the copy? Thanks, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. Oh. Just for the podcast, um, it's called Wretched Saints by Noel Jesse Heikkonen. Heikkonen. We, we will put a link yeah, Shout in out the to Noel Jesse, who's out there somewhere, I'm sure. Our dear, dear friend. Yeah. Great. Noel, if you're watching this, I had chili pickle last night. <laughs> was, it, was it good? Oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Megan, do you have a, did you have a question for us or are we done enough time? Um, we don't have enough time right now. Uh, we can, it's save a it. question that we can save for next week. Ooh, Excellent. Sounds like a fun question. There you go. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, good to have you with us, Susie. Mm. Um, and Small's vegan uh, <laughs> falafel salad is amazing. See you later.